What's up, everybody? What's up? Welcome into another Draft Film Room podcast as we, the Senior Bowl edition, as we get ready for the real, I think this is for a lot of people that don't obsess over the draft the way I do. This Senior Bowl is when a lot of people lock in, click in, start checking up, moving their boards, writing their articles and their think pieces. So the Senior Bowl is here. So welcome into the Senior Bowl edition. I'm Jacob. You can find me at Rochism13 on the Twitterverse. If you want to interact with me there, you can send the show an email, uh, draftfilmroomnfl at gmail.com. If you want to support the show, there's a link to the Patreon down below, but that's just patreon.com slash draftfilmroom. I'm joined this week by full-on off-season case, Casey Kenneman, and we're here to talk about the Senior Bowl. How's it going, Casey? Man, if that music doesn't get you pumped up, you need to reevaluate your life. Like that—that's—that's that's the way to kick off a draft show, my man. I'm good, man. This and you just described me in the opening there. Like when the season's going on for the NFL, it is hard for me to go ahead and keep that eye on the prize of the future of the draft. And I understand the draft's a year-round phenomenon. People put in the work year-round. I'm not that guy. So when the season ends, I take like a, a week to kind of like let everything, you know, kind of just settle down. And then I dive into it because for me, this is the start of draft season, the senior bowl, man. I get pumped up for it and it's real football. Like I know they're the games, whatever to me, but like the practices you actually get to evaluate and it's, it's, it'll, you'll get caught up in all the other stuff, the testing and all that stuff. That's later. Now you get to watch skills and one-on-one drills. And for me, man, it gets me pumped up. So I'm, I'm excited that it's here and I'm excited I get to talk about it with you. Yeah, dude, like it's such an opportunity opportunity for so many of these people that may have knocks against them as prospects that really aren't their fault. You know what I mean? Like you can say, oh, like a guy I like a ton, Roman Wilson, the wide receiver from Michigan. You're going to say, well, there's not a ton of production there. And then you follow it up. Well, but they all they really wanted to do was play smash mouth football under Jim Harbaugh. And that's, and they rode smash mouth football to a national championship. Well, now you get to see Roman Wilson away from that. You get to see him in this spot where it's like, okay, you know, how much will the quarterback play be better? I mean, depends on who's throwing, you know, but they're definitely going to give him the opportunities. Like the opportunities will be there. Like, you can't just say, well, he's not had any reps like this. Well, no, he does. This is what that is. And that's just, I man, I just I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, let's start with um, the wide receiver room um, because I told you this going uh, right before we started. I said, I think that this wide receiver room um, legitimately could go down as one of the best uh, draft classes at the position that we've ever seen because – I think I have, by the time we get there, I'll probably have eight to 10 first round grades on wide receivers. Like that's ludicrous to me, eight to 10, because I, I, 
I can be really strict about it, you know, when it comes to the first round grades, I don't like to hand them out like they're candy, but like, that's where I want to start, man. So I'll tee it up to you, uh, kind of somebody or you can do multiple people. It's just something at that position you're really looking forward to at, in Mobile, Alabama at the senior bowl. <laughs> All eyes are going to be on Xavier Leggett. For me, that's, that's where it starts. Just, such an intriguing prospect. Like I, he's listed at six three two twenty seven, but the rumors are coming out now. He's probably going to be closer to six foot one, but his weight's going to be up. But he is going to his speed. It, it's it's absurd when you watch it on tape. It it, it just doesn't make sense. He he built like he's built like a running back. He's, he definitely has that like that running back build. Um, but there's knocks on him. You know, first off. You're talking about a guy who's been in school for five years, but he's only had one year of production. So, yep. so you know, people want to know what's up there. Uh, yeah, I think he had 71 catches for 12.55 this year, and seven touchdowns. Going into this year, his previous high was 18 catches, like that. Yeah. So, you know, what's up there? And and there's not a real uh, diver- diversified route tree with Xavier. Uh, you know, it's go routes and and, and uh, wide receiver screens. But the talent, man, you you got to – he looks untapped. He looks so raw and so capable of if you get him in the right system, you know, it's and, – and also because of, like, what's cool about him is the variance of outcomes. This dude's either a mid to late first-round prospect or a late second-round project, depending on how these one-on-ones pan yeah. out, depending on how he takes to the coaching. Because you know he's going to test ridiculous. But we've seen people overthink. Oh, yeah. We've seen DK Metcalf, you know. So, and we remember all the hype going last year for Jalen Hyatt. One year production, crazy speed, great deep ability, different build than Leggett, but similar story. When you were looking at it from that lens, dude doesn't go to the third, you know. So, this he's he's going to make himself a ton of money if he if he uh, practices the way I believe he can this coming week. Dude, I love Xavier Leggett, man. Uh, DK Metcalf Light, whatever you want to call him. But if you're trying to picture the kind of skill set and, and physical makeup of the player, that's what I would look at because that's absolutely, I don't, that's absolutely what he has. I guess is the, probably the best way to <laughs> to put it. Um, for me, it is. I I did kind of talk about Roman Wilson a little bit um, already. Just I think he's as explosive as an athlete you're going to find in this class. And I think he was in an offense at no point he ever really got to be used the way I think he properly was used. Don't get me wrong. He he had some very big impactful games and had some big catches in the playoffs. Um, but now. Now he gets to go out there and really have his skill set highlighted in some of these drills. And he's probably my number one pure slot because that's mainly where he does his damage is, is at a is from the slot. But he might be my number one like just slot, although they put Malik Neighbors in the slot a lot. And he he just, just, I mean, because he's Malik Neighbors, he do whatever the hell he wants. Like, and just with that physical makeup. But I just, I really like Roman Wilson and, and what he can do. And I really want to see a chance uh, to get him there in a better situation, I guess. Um, I think Lad McConkey 
has a, a lot he can gain here. The the Georgia wide receiver who, you know, played through injury at times and wasn't as impressive as some people thought he was going to be. And I think the injuries had a lot to do with it. Uh, but you saw a guy that went out there and just absolutely gutted some games, you know, just absolutely, especially there. I, uh, I can think specifically the, I think it was the Alabama game. And you could tell like, him and Brock Bowers, they were not there. They were not 100% there, and yet they still pushed Alabama to the extreme. So I would love to see Lad McConkey have a good week if he's healthy. Uh, maybe he's not in a great spot too where he just does more of the interview portion of it or something. You know what it, you know what I mean, kind of those um, – relationship building things with, with teams and agents and things of that nature. So uh, I really like Lad McConkie. Is there anybody else uh, at that position that you uh, or will have your eye on closely this week? Well, first I, I don't, I do want to touch on Roman Wilson. Like, cause you bring, you bring up Malik neighbors. Malik neighbors is like alignment agnostic. Like he doesn't, it's wherever yeah. you put him, he's going to have to see success. And Roman Wilson has the skills to make it on the outside, but he doesn't have the size to live out there. For me, at the next level, I see him as a motion-centric slot. He needs to go to one of these motion-heavy offenses. Uh, but he's just a natural separator, natural separator, because he's super sudden, but he look, it's smooth. It's like masked. Like, it doesn't look violent when he's doing when he's cutting, uh, but it, it is sudden. Like, you see DBs just all of a sudden not be able to stay in this hip pocket because he's just so smooth. So he's just a, he just glides so well. Um, and huge catches. You know, huge catches all over his tape. Jack had, the one against Nebraska didn't make sense. Like, <laughs> he the dude's helmet. Like, what does happen? Um, <laughs> but yeah, I like Roman Wilson. I, um, but there's two. There's two receivers that I'll, I'll definitely have my mm-hmm. eye on um, that I think are going to be late round two. I think they go by the end of the third. I think they're day two guys. Uh, we'll start with like while Marvin Harrison's son's getting all the pub. Jerry Rice's son is going. He's legit, man. Brendan Rice, also a smooth mover, big though. He's, he's a big-bodied guy. He is an X. He's 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 going to live on the outside. Um, and he, the things that he does well, because he's he body catches too much for my liking. You see that kind of littered throughout his tape, which that's something you really can't live doing. Yeah. Um, but he gets separation at the top of his routes. Physical. But. Getting to play with Caleb Williams, you get to show what you can do in ad lib situations. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I mean, he had a uh, Rice had twelve touchdowns this year. Four of them came on scramble drills. <laughs> like he just just shows a propensity to make himself available, uh, to to understand to, where to move, uh, and and keep eyes on your quarterback because when you get to the top of your route and you got some, you got a, a guy who's ad libbing as much as Williams does. You, you got to keep the play alive, you know, and you see too many guys fall off in that, in that mode right there in that phase of the game. And, and Rice really showed a propensity to excel there, which I think will endear him to certain offenses. There's so many offenses in the NFL now where if, 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 if the bills can get someone like Brendan Rice in the third round to pair with Josh Allen, like that, 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 that to me, that, that's like a recipe for success. The other guy is Johnny Wilson. Yes. Johnny Wilson all six foot seven, 237 pounds of this dude. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that he's not clunky. Like it, he moves way too smooth to be that big. And I know a lot of people, there's that new power slot position where it's like a pseudo tight end. I could see him in that role, but I see him 
I actually see him excelling on the outside, man. It, he goes over the middle fearlessly. Great yeah. hands, dumb catch radius. I mean, six foot seven. But it's not just being six foot seven. It's like, how do you use that frame? He's excellent yeah. at shielding defenders. And, like, he gets separation. But when you're six seven, you don't need too much of it. You really don't need that much separation because you just give your quarterback such a wide target range to get it to you. So very excited to see what he does. So I would say Johnny Wilson and Brendan Rice are two receivers I'll be glued in on. And um, I, I obviously I, I cover the Browns. So when I write draft stuff, I kind of do it through a Browns lens. The Browns kind of have an ace in the hole this week as Callie Brownson is the wide receivers coach uh, for mm-hmm. the national team. So she'll have she'll get she'll be have eyes on Brendan Rice. It is a player that she will be there with. I believe Roman Wilson is also on that side. So she'll get a, a, a up close look at these guys and hopefully uh, the Browns can dial in on one of them on day two. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's let's switch over um to the defensive side of the ball. And you said, hey, what I want to do here is kind of stick with the top position. Um, at on the defensive side after I think we kind of did with the offensive side with wide receiver. So that brings us to defensive back or corner, whichever, however you want to phrase it. I kind of have them lumped in here together for some reason, but you know how that goes. Um, so I'll let you go ahead and start, man. Like um, there's no consensus, I think, with the top rankings at the corner position. And I think that's a really good thing, and it speaks to the fact that, yeah, there's not one guy that's above everyone, but there's a lot of guys that can play. Yeah, yeah, and that's evident. You look at this room that they got at the Senior Bowl, because, you know, there's obviously like Kool-Aid McKinstry, and there's guys that are going to be – they're going to go in the top half of the first for sure. There's probably only one in this draft that goes top half of the first as far as the uh, the Senior Bowl. So oh, yeah, 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 the senior bowl. Cooper DeJean. Cooper DeJean, the white wolf. Like, there are so many voices trying to push this kid to safety already. It's, I don't get it. When I watch him, I'm like, that that works. His level of athleticism is absurd. Yeah. And he's got great size, 6'1", about 210. Just, he, he, there are several defenses in the NFL that this kid's going to be, a, could be a starter on. Like, yeah. I, I believe in his talents now. Because he's white, and we haven't had a, a true white cornerback in this league in a long time. Like, like there was uh, Shane Gillis has a good joke that, you know, like most of you have never seen a white cornerback in the NFL. Like, there's yeah. two of them at the San Diego Zoo, and they refuse to mate. You know what I mean? Like, you just don't see him. And so, see Cooper Deshaun get his chance. We saw uh, Riley get his, and also Iowa. They're both from Iowa. They, um, you know, yeah. he, he performed well at the Senior Bowl last year. But Dijon should be a first-round pick, man. I don't see how he's not. Skill-wise, athleticism, the profile, the aggressiveness, the, the, the way he attacks the running game. Like To me, he's a first-round talent. I'm excited to see him on one-on-one drills with some of these stud receivers. Yeah, for me, it starts with Quinion Mitchell from uh, Toledo. Um, this is kind of what I talked to you about in the opening here. Uh, that one thing that I love the most about the senior bowl, that's a mid American, that's a mid major corner from the mid American conference. I'm very familiar with the conference. I'm really very familiar with, uh, Quinion Mitchell, uh, having seen him in person a couple of times, this dude can ball. 
Like he is a guy that I have seen and this is crazy to me. um, But I've seen him in the top half or in the first round. Like that's just crazy to me as a fan of Mac football. Not, not that, that Quinion Mitchell doesn't deserve it because I think he does, but here is when you put some doubts about you only being able to do it because of, of lesser competition. This is how you put away some of those. And I get it. It's just a few practices in one game. But if what I see on tape with Quinion Mitchell is what he can do to NFL talent, if he can do that to equivalent talent, he's going to be a hell of a football player. So um, I'm really focused in much uh, more, mostly on uh, Quinion Mitchell, especially in some of those one-on-ones, because I know the one-on-ones are set up for the corners to fail and for the defensive backs to fail. And they're massively in support of the wide receivers. And if you don't think that's true, then I'm sorry. It is. And you're a bit silly because, but I still like to see, can you be physical? You know, can you be physical with, with bigger, more physical wide receivers, you know, things like that. Just show me some of those traits and attributes to make me to confirm what my eyes are telling me that no matter the level of competition, you can be that guy. And I'm looking forward to that the most. I'm glad you pointed that out because the drills, which are the funnest thing to watch, let's, let's be real, yes. but they are skewed in certain instances. You look at the cornerbacks versus wide receivers on one-on-one, the, one, the wide receiver has the entire field available to him. Like that, that is, that's, that's a, talk about an island, like it's the definition of it. But if you can be physical and you can play press man, this is where you can show up. This is where you can really go out there and you can make your mark. Um, I look at a, I look at a corner like a Josh Newton. He'll mm-hmm. be there, TCU. Yep. Newton, he has a mercurial career. Um, there were points the year, you know, not this year, but the year before that he was looked at as like a first round talent. Uh, that yep. kind of got extinguished. Now he seems to be a a day two corner. He's he's physical. He's a very physical corner. He's a guy that can go out there and if he can show he can play aggressive press man. So some of these guys on the on the wide receivers we didn't talk about it, but that'll be their issue. Like can yeah. Roman Wilson get off press man? You know what's Xavier Leggett's release package look like? Uh, someone else like uh, look here, uh, Devontae Walker. You know. Yep. Can can he can he really get off the line of scrimmage? He's a guy that we know when he gets to that third level, that vertical push, he's going to be hard to stay with. But if if these corners and, and Josh Newton could be one of those corners that can really get up in your chest at the line of scrimmage, disrupt your timing, and then stay in your hip pocket, this is where these guys are going to make a lot of money. Uh, one other corner I would like to highlight before we move on, Ennis Rakestraw. Yes. Yep. Kid gives me Denzel Ward vibes. Yeah. Like, he, that's the play style I see. That he he's he's super twitchy. He's so um, sticky but, too. He just like attaches to their hip pocket. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, that Denzel Ward comparison goes to his injury concerns as well. Yeah. I, I, you get that portion of it too. But just a super high level twitched up corner with just innate ability to mirror wide receiver. You know. So I'm excited to see him. You know because he. He was up and down, couldn't stay healthy this year. 
can you put it together for a week? Can you show out against these guys? Because if you can, you're going to make yourself a ton of money. And he could be another guy who gets back into first round consideration. Yeah. That, yeah. That's going to be fun. There's just some, some of the one-on-ones just thinking about them. I'm like, yeah, this is uh this is a thing we're going to get to do. Um, all right. Well, let's go back to the offensive side of the ball. Um, I think you got to go to the offensive line here. Yep. I think. I think. I think if we're doing this right, we're going to do wide receiver. Let's do corner. Now let's go tackle, and then we'll come back to edge. I think that's a, a good way to kind of mirror these things since we're going to be uh, looking at the guys that are going to, up against each other. Yeah. 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 That's cool with me. So we'll start on on the. Um, uh, you can go ahead and start. Let's start with uh, tackles. I mean, Khalees <laughs> Fuaga, man. Like it's yeah. it's got to, it's got to start there, right? Yeah. It's got to start there, man. It's. Absolutely. He moves way too well to be that size and that angry. This is an angry player. This is a guy that he he's looking he's looking to take you out, man. Like he's these one on ones are going to be contentious, and he, it's just crazy too because if you look at like if if I look at the tackles that are at the Senior Bowl, all packed like the, the ones at the top, they're all packed twelve, in my yep. opinion. Like the guys I'm looking at, man, and he's the headliner for me. He's the guy I have my eye on. I want to see him against Law too. I want to see him, you know. I there's there's a couple guys I want to see him go up against, but like him and Law too. That's what I want to see. That's the heavyweight fight, in my opinion. And uh, this this kid's a no brain no brainer first rounder. Um, he's just he just moves too well to be that big. Very impressive to watch his tape. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and for me, I think I kind of start with Jordan Morgan from Arizona. Um, Jordan Morgan kind of was kind of an afterthought for a lot of people coming into like summer scouting and stuff because of the injury. They're like, he tears his ACL. They're like, when's he going to be able to come back? Is it going to be, you know, halfway through the season? Is he going to be a shell of himself? No, he just comes back and he's just Jordan Morgan. And and like, he just continues to be a very aggressive, athletic, powerful anchor on the left side. And he, you, you want to see it continue with some different style. You know what I mean? Different style of rushers and diff- different style of what he's going to see um, outside of Arizona. But like he comes back and just has a year where you would have thought he kind of would have gotten into the first round consideration. And yet there seems to be some hesitation on different people and rather or not he belongs in the first round. So uh, this is another opportunity to just show that he is in fact that dude and and I'm going to watch Jordan Morgan very closely. Uh, the last tackle I'll highlight here is Tyler Guyton mm-hmm. of Oklahoma. 6'7", 330, like, and what's just, just an elite mover. This is a guy that I, I don't I don't think you, you can put him on either side if you want, depending on what offense he goes to. But I have no, no qualms putting this kid at left tackle and just letting him cook. And he's the guy that's going to be available Middle of the second round. I think he'll probably still be hanging out around that time, unless there's a, a crazy absurd run on tackles. Uh, but I don't see it with the, the talent in this draft kind of spread out. So Tyler Guyton's another guy I got my eye on. Um, 
I mean, there's there's a couple though. I mean, I would say this when I'm looking at the offensive line in general, the tackles are the more talented group. Between I, I look at guard as being kind of weak. Yeah. I look at the tackle the tackle group here is pretty strong. I, I think you got, you know, at least two first rounders and probably three second rounders that are going to be in Mobile this week. So that'll make for a good competition when you're looking at these edges because this these this edge group is a good mix of actual. Four three and three four outside linebackers. There's a there's a good mm-hmm. mix there. So they're going to get different styles. Uh, they're going to get they're going to be tested. And this is because when we talk about one on ones being skewed, this is the most apples to apples one on one you'll get. Yes. Like this is yep. real situational type stuff where you know like the wide receiver has the whole field available to him one on ones. Offensive tackle and defensive ends, like they, if, you, if a defensive end goes outside of his lane to to compete in this drill, you'll get clowned. You're, you're going to get the most game-like situation that you're going to see in the of all these one-on-ones. I think that this is the one that you can really draw more from. The guy for me that I think, like I said, Jordan Morgan's probably number one, but probably really close to him is Graham Barton from Duke. Um I'm very excited to see what they do. He can pretty much play anywhere on the offensive line. And depending on who you talk to, um, they may have them inside at guard. They may have them on the right side. They may have them on the left side. But like legitimately, there are legitimate, you know, publications and draft people out there being like, yeah, I think he could be an all pro here or an all pro there. Or, you know, like they truly think. You, if a team selects him, they can pick where he's going to go and he's going to succeed once he gets there at any, any of those positions. And he's just like, he is a nasty finisher. Like, six, uh, six, four, 315 pounds. Like, he's another one of those guys where you're like, I'm not really sure at 315 you should move like that. That doesn't seem humanly possible. Um, are you sure you're not a robot? And um, you get these really, like you said, physical reps. Like you just get these, hey, this is one-on-one, true one-on-one combat that is actually, like you said, translatable. And uh, I'm ready to see what Graham Barton does in those drills. Uh, Before we move to the other side of the ball, I do want to touch on something. And it's a philosophy that you see with a player like Graham Barton. Like you draft Graham Barton. Don't assume anything. Let him fail inside. Let him fail inward. Not try to make him succeed outward. Show, let him show you he can't play tackle before you put him a guard. Because I think you're going to find that he can play tackle. I think you know, he can. A lot of these guys get – it's like dogmatic. It's like, okay, his arm's under 34 inches. we got to push him. Dude, some of these guys can excel, man. I think Graham Barton, like you said, man, phenomenal athlete. You know, yeah. and I think he's going to get uh, – he still has room to get bigger. You know, yeah. it's, for, for me, I, I would – I would definitely give let him roll the dice and see what he looks like outside before I just kick him inside without without him proving it that he can't do it because I think he can. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm cool with that. <laughs> like I would definitely put him at um, at uh, tackle first. I don't know why I couldn't. I was like stuttering. All right, we'll go back uh, to the other side. We're going to go edge. We're going to talk about the edge rushers. We're going to talk about those guys that are going up against the guys. That we just talked about. So off the top, man, what are you looking at first when it when it comes to edge rushers? I'm not going to steal a lot to. I'll let you have a lot to. 
Okay. I do have something to say about him. I'll, I'll let you start. I'll let you start with him. Um, well, man, I'm looking at this group here. I would probably go Chris Barswell first. Okay. Uh, in my opinion, he is more of a three-four outside rush backer. I think that if you look at his skill set, if you look at his movement abilities, I think he's a, he's a guy, a prime candidate that you would see go to a team like Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? I, I just think that he he demonstrates too much lateral athleticism, uh, and he's a little wider, two fifty five, six three. Good with his hands. Good, good. I, what I liked about him was his ability to disengage off the edge. Some guys get caught up into it and they worry too much about that bend and end up at the point of the top of the drop, getting too close to the tackle. And, and that's usually when the tackle is able to get back in phase. He's able to disengage right there. Uh, so I like his, I like his ability. I, I want to see his play strength going up against some of these elite tackles. Uh, we, I mean, obviously, you go to Alabama, you're going to see not, all kinds of studs in the SEC, but these Pac-12 tackles, man, I think they got something for you. So I'm looking forward to the one-on-one matchup with Chris Barswell. Yeah, man, Leatu Latu, man. That, that's my guy, the UCLA edge rusher, who at one point was forced to medically retire due to neck injuries. He missed two full seasons. Like, that's insane to think about because – this is the most prolific pass rusher of the last two seasons in college football, and I do not think it's particularly close. And he has this absolute tool belt of pass rush moves. He's got like the Batman tool belt of pass rush moves. Like it is a full arsenal. It is multifaceted. He can win with speed. He can win with power. He has the best motor in this class at the position I watched one. I, if you really want to try to get like in one game, you want to look at Latu's game and by just one game and see what I mean by his motor and the things that he can do, go watch him chase Caleb Williams against USC this year. Like I would have done been like, screw this. I've been chasing this. Dude. It reminded me of when the Browns were so frustrated on that Monday night or Thursday night game against Lamar where they couldn't sack him. They were the clowny through a shoe, you know, like they were like, we cannot bring this guy down. And Latu went through that and then made massive sacks and massive tackles in the fourth, the third and fourth quarter of that game. Like that's where it is there. Um, he's hyper explosive maybe his functional strength could be a little bit better but if you and they're going to have the medicals they're going to get the medicals for law too we won't they will if you are good with that you're not going to find a better rusher and i'm really excited to see what he does against a very talented offensive tackle class two things one washington they got to get some credit for their recruiting because we didn't know how much success they've had. They made it all the way to the title game. Dude, at one point, Latu and Pukunuku are both on Washington. Like, they are able to recruit. You know, it, yeah. it's not what happened to Latu. You know, he had, he had a, a stinger that didn't go away. Yep. People worried about nerve damage. You know, he was told to hang it up. He was able to take some time off, get cleared, go to UCLA, you know, get cleared by UCLA doctors. Um, but when I, you said, everything you said is true, 100%. But the thing that gets me is 
that dude is able to take away angles and become unhittable. He'll be right in front of a lineman, and a lineman cannot get a clean shot on this kid. It, 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 and that's a nuance that you don't see out of many guys that size. No one's able to get their mitts on him. You know what I mean? He, stay, he stays alive because of that. You know, And then, then you add all his physical characteristics, and you can see why he wins. He's the most polished pass rusher in this draft, point blank, full stop. There you go. Are we what what else? Who else? Who else on that uh at that position? I'm gonna have my eye on uh Braden McGregor out of out of Michigan. Okay. I think that he's going to be a day three guy who will be a plug and play rotational guy. Mm-hmm. I think he's gonna gonna be a guy that you're gonna get him fourth, maybe fifth round. And he's going to be a guy that, you know, can can really play and contribute. And I'm not saying day one, you know, but by the end of his rookie year, I expect him, whatever roster he goes to, to be a meaningful contributor on a defensive line. So I'm excited to see him. He's got monster size, 6'6", 267, just a brute. So he's someone I got my eye on. Let's uh, for me, I'll go to the other Penn State edge rusher, Adissa Isaac, the, the non-chop Robinson version here. Yeah. Um, and this is a pretty polished player in my opinion, like in terms of kind of ready to, to make an impact. He might not be a freaky twitched up athlete, but he's strong. He's athletic. He's smart. Uh, he's, you want to see him again, get more opportunities against a very talented class and just see, Hey, you know, we're going to put you in this situation, you know, can you, you know, what do we, can you continue to take on more and more in different situations and grow? And I think that, um, I think it decides it's someone to watch very closely on that side. All right. So we are back to the offense. We've done tackle. We've done wide receiver. Are we going to guard? Is it underwhelming? It's so underwhelming for me. I, I, don't get me wrong, man. I, there's, there, I would say of the, of the guards, two players I'm excited to see. Uh, Cooper Beebe would be, yeah. be one. Cooper Beebe out of Kansas State. I think that that's a guy I'm excited to see because these defensive tackles are going to give you work. Mm-hmm. I think that I think the t- defensive tackle room is overall way more talented than this guard room. Yeah, in my opinion, there's only, like I said, three guards total that I'd be excited for if you're an NFL club, even you know being able to draft. Uh, but Cooper BB and Christian Haynes are the only two that I view as starting caliber talents. Yeah, Cooper Beebe is really nice because he's done some tackle. Um, I he, I think he's a much better guard than he is a tackle. But when you've got a guard that can slide out to tackle in game, if there's you know an injury or something of that nature, and you feel better about pulling someone off the ta- guard bench than the tackle bench, and you want to see if he can still win with on the outside with the, against these guys, like, can he still win at the outside? Can he be a tackle? Is he serviceable backup, backup tackle? And I think that's a, a really big part uh, for him. 
And I think that's it at tackle. I just, I don't think yeah, I've got it's much. Underwhelming. Or, it's I'm underwhelming. Sorry. I wish, I wish it wasn't. I said, I said tackle like three times. I meant guard. Mike Cooper has that capability. He could be that utility guy. You know what I mean? So he, yeah. he could slide out and play out there, but I just, I just, I'm under, I'm underwhelmed by the guard. There are some of these rooms that we're going to get to that are not what they were. I would say the last two years, mm-hmm. uh, even on the offensive side of the ball. So do you want to go defensive tackle now? Yeah. Yeah. yeah talk yeah. about some of these mammoths. Oh, my God. Where can you start if not for Byron Murphy? Like Byron yeah. Murphy is phenomenal. And I was Daniel Jeremiah dropped his first mock draft of the year. And at number 11 was Byron Murphy over Jerzon Newton and not just over Jerzon Newton, but over him and at number 11, like that is insane. And and so I'm like, well, maybe I need to go back and look at it a little bit deeper because I, I like Byron Murphy. And, and then you go back and you do a second watch of Byron Murphy and you go, Oh, <laughs> you, you're like, now that I'm looking at it in a, you know, kind of a different light. And I know that I, I read uh, Pro Football Network gave him a Grady Jarrett comparison. I was reading the other day their draft profile over there for him. Said, oh, he's a, a Grady Jarrett as a prospect. And I kind of thought that was really interesting. 6'1", 308 pounds. Um, it just so incredibly explosive at that size. Mm-hmm. You should not be in the backfield that fast at that size against guards, like against the big, nasty, woolly mammoths on the inside. And he just moves laterally, just boom, boom, boom. He's so twitched up from the interior. If you're like all about the twitch, this is your guy. Like, and I know a lot of, I, a lot of pass rushing evaluators that that is what they look at is the twitch. Mm-hmm. And he is just absolutely insanely twitched up and athletic on the inside. And let me, you prove that these are less uh, Cooper, maybe, you know, there's a couple of people here. These are, are players that are going to be drafted lower than you. You need to show me that. Yeah. 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 And what I wrote, I only had two exposures yes. to Murphy. I, I wrote ultra-athletic line eraser. Like, he can go around you or he can go yeah. through you. Yep. You know what I mean? That dude is powerful and explosive. Uh, he's he's going to be a problem. He's going to be a handful. Um, he, I can't say the young man's name. I cannot pronounce his last name. And I don't want to butcher it. So I'm just going to call him Rook. I don't, I don't okay. even know how to go about it. There's nine letters. There's, yeah, there's nine, I, nine letters in his last name. There are only three letters consist of O, H, and R's just lined up. However you want to say that. I'm excited to see what he yeah. can do, man. I'm really excited to see what he can do. I, he's not as heavy. He's a little lighter, 6'4", 295. Uh, I see him more in that in the, as a three. Yeah. But he's someone that I, I, think it, I think he's going to be a better pro than he was a college player. I could say that about Rook. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what he's able to do. Uh, got some good speed to him. He does. He plays good with his levers. He's able to keep guys out of his body. And in that position, that, that's incredibly difficult to do. 
So I'm definitely excited to see what he's going to be able to do this week. Uh, Brandon Dorless is the next for me um, from Oregon. Uh, some people call him an edge. Some people call him a defensive tackle. I think he's more of a defensive tackle than he is an edge. Um, but I just want to see him against this tackle class when he is at the edge, because I think that's really telling to, is he pigeonholed at the next level or can he do what he did in college in the NFL? Because if he can do what he did in college in the NFL, that's a much better prospect. I mean, you can play both of those positions. He batted down nine passes this year. Like, okay. Yeah. Four or five sacks. That's what he is. That's where he's at. But he pushes the pocket vertically does not. He wipes away, you know, uh, uh, step up lanes for the quarterback to escape. He he's not going to let you have that in the middle of the field. And he's not three thirty, but his play strength makes you think he is sometimes. So uh, like, I'm really excited just to see if he can still be an edge against even better tackles um, and prove that he's this multifaceted player that I think he is. You mentioned size. You mentioned someone who look, plays like the 330. Let's talk about someone who plays like the 362, Andre <laughs> Sweat. Yeah. Like, good Lord, man. And I kind of know, like, it's weird how people can be influenced by past drafts of just someone of a similar stature and transfer that to, well, it won't work because so-and-so couldn't do it. And yeah. Jordan Davis has been largely disappointing after yeah. going in the first round of the Eagles. Don't let that bleed into Sweat. Sweat is three six four three sixty two, 362, and I think that's underselling it. I think probably, I think probably closer to that 370 mark. Massive human being just controls yeah. the point. You're not – dudes can't move him. No. You can't move him. You know, like whatever, whatever you thought the line of scrimmage was, it's his now. Like it's – so I'm, I'm excited to see how they try to deal with his physicality. And what's his motor going to look like against these guys – when you got to go whistle to whistle, yep. you know what I mean? So I, I'm interested to see that. What's his work ethic? What's it going to look like in practice? Was, was he, is he, he doesn't really have to, he showed me a plan B. He's never really had to have one. You have to have one. Now. You're, you're going to be, you're going to be tasked with doing different things. Uh, I definitely want to see this kid run the hoop. It's another thing I want to see him doing drills. And it's something you, like when you see a big man that can, can run the hoop, you know, like, like Warren Sapp back in the day when you were watching drills, he's a guy that, you know, having, Having light feet and being able to maneuver in space, you're going to have to do that at the next level, no matter how imposing you are physically. So I need to see how Devondre Sweat. I want to see what, how, how he moves in these drills. Running backs, right, I think. I would think we're, we're down to running backs um, for the Senior Bowl preview show. Uh, where you want to start with running backs? Well, first off, I want to say this is not the group that we had last year. <laughs> Yeah. Last year, dude, I, I, cause there were several players that I wasn't really even that aware of going into it last year. And I came away like in love with like Evan Hall and you know what I mean? Like we kind of knew Tajay Spears was, but there were several guys who kind of came alive and, and showed us a ton during the senior bowl at running back. It, not the same group. I think if you're going to talk running backs, you probably start with Ray Davis out of Kentucky. I think that that'd be where I would start as far as, uh, the top talent of that room. Uh, but I don't know. 
the running backs are weird this year. I, mm-hmm. I think I know who Ray Davis is. I don't know what he's going to be able to show me. I don't know if he's going to be able to to show me an, another dynamic of his game that makes me think that he's going to be go be a difference maker in the league. Where do, where do you stand there in the running back room? Yeah, Ray Davis is where I would start. Yeah, 5'10", 215. Um, I think he's got, you know, some of the better vision in the in this class, I think, at running back. But, yeah, it's not great. I mean, I like Ray Davis quite a bit. I mean, he's got uh, – he's a great pass-catching uh, running back, you know, I think early in his, in his career. Um, he's got really nice, reliable hands. He's a patient runner. Um, but – yeah, I mean, with these running backs, I don't – I just – I don't think that there's anybody in this in this group that's really going to wow you. Um, I like I like Marshawn Lloyd just in a simple fact that now he's not in a, an offense that is specifically designed to not have the ball in his hands because of Caleb Williams yeah. and, and what he can do. So I think getting an, a nice opportunity to, to show if he can be uh, a re- reliable player, I think that's probably mm-hmm. the only other one I have in this, in this group. Yeah, Marshawn Lewis is interesting because if you want to if you want tape of him actually as a ball carrier, you have to go back to South Carolina, the other USC that he played for before he, he uh, entered the portal. Um, yeah. He's definitely he's he's a dynamic runner. I think he's only like five nine, but he plays large. Like when you watch him, it it, it doesn't come off tape like that. Uh, but yeah, definitely interested to see him. I'm interested to see him in pass pro situations because it's not something he was really asked to do when I was watching him. Uh, yeah. So that, that, that's the other thing too. Like these, all these positions are drill specific to what you're really going to get out of it. Because if you're a running back, you're not going full, you're going thud. You're not going to the ground during practice. You'll do that during the, the game. You'll find out a little more about them in the game. But like those pass pro drills, that's, that's a real situation, you know, yeah. like, and you, and you find out them, about them as route runners because it's not muddied up by the tape. You got, it's going to be, you know, just you and another guy, like, can, can you turn someone, can you get, can you get someone confused on a on a Texas? You know what I mean on a Texas route. So, Marshawn Woods one. I will say uh, we got when we talk about smaller schools when they actually get to compete at this level, you they, because you don't know what kind of the level of competition they faced. If it really holds up, can you really trust their tape? But uh, Dylan uh, Laub, L A U B E, out of New Hampshire, hmm. that is the guy I have my eye on. He's someone who when I when I did watch his uh, Brief amount of tape because I have not really got too far into running backs this year. But he is a guy that kind of popped for me. But it's also you're at New Hampshire. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know if I can believe it. Is this is this fool's gold? So him getting an opportunity to go up against some of these uh, uh, power five school guys, I think that'll it'll be telling in it. And you could he could be a guy that comes out of this week with his stock, you know, transitioning up, kind of. I still don't know if he's he's probably still a no no matter what like I think his ceiling is still a day three guy, yeah. Uh, but you could be a he could also be a UDFA. You know what I mean? I think that's the the variance of outcomes for someone like Wild. Let's go to linebacker as we start to to wrap this thing up. We're getting almost through it already. I'm going to start with Tommy Eichenberg from Ohio State, um, a guy that I thought really highly of entering this year. 
um, I just think he was kind of a tackle machine, you know, like he see ball, find ball, hit ball. <laughs> it, was, it was a very simple way he played, but it was very effective. And then I just was mm, meh on him all year. Um, was it the scheme? Does he just not fit what they were trying to do this year? Was he better when Kerry Combs was there? It was he you know, more comfortable in those situations. Was it something like that? Like, I don't really know because it was a, a big letdown for me with Eichenberg, but now he's got the opportunity um, for some one-on-ones and where it's not even, you don't, there's no scheme limitations. It's just you showing if you can play or not. And I think Eichenberg's got a pretty big opportunity in front of him in Mobile. Yeah. Uh, dude, Eichenberg, if he comes out after last year, he's probably a day two guy, right? I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right now I'm looking at, you know, late fourth, early fifth, something like that. Yeah. Uh, but like, it depends on what you're looking for. Like when I look at Eichenberg, I see future Detroit lion. Like I, I even think that his yes. skills, like just that thumper, you know what I mean? And yep. it, it, the game is changing and it, and it, it just goes from, now these linebackers, you know, if you like just go back 15 years ago and you're looking at like a Ray Lewis would be like the prototype, the guy you're looking for. Now yes. it's not, man. Now you're looking for sideline to sideline guys who are ultra athletic and have length and can defend tight ends. And But this year, when you look at the NFL game, like running made a big comeback this year. Quarterback play was down. Now mm-hmm. all these things are ingredients, that, but it paints a picture of, is the game transitioning back to more run centric? Because in that scenario, a player with Eichenberg's abilities between the tackles could be greatly beneficial if you compare him with another ultra athletic linebacker. You know, yeah. so that's what you're looking for. But if you're looking for a thumper, look no further. You yeah. got a guy who wants to come downhill and, and put a helmet in your chest. Um, when I look at these linebackers, though, I think Peyton Wilson just from an athletic profile standpoint, like just a, a mutant of a man, 6'4", 238. I need to see this kid in one-on-one drills That's what, and, and pass coverage. I know what he can do as far as attacking the run. I need to see him on some of these tight ends and some of these running backs and see if he can stay with them on the second level because if he can, yeah, that, is, that, that would be a solid day two pickup. Uh, a guy, I, I, the only other one for me, I think that really pops right now, uh, is Jalen Ford from Texas. Um, at six, three, two, 40. Um, I think he is kind of one of the more instinctual linebackers that I've watched. Um, and, and kind of the way he plays, um, with Texas this year and I just, but I think you can move him all over the field because of that. I think he's got alignment versatility. Um, I just don't think I just, I've got a lot of concerns about when he's close to the line of scrimmage and he's playing downhill. I have no issues when he's not, I'm kind of, I think he's almost pigeonholed. So I think watching him kind of go out and show that he can play both in coverage and the middle of the, you know, close to the line of scrimmage or back from it, those sorts of things. So um, I have some concerns about the athleticism and I just, maybe you can go out there and show me that it's adequate. <laughs> what I think. 
Um, okay, so we are to the quarterbacks. Yeah, look at us getting quarterback last. I like this. Look at that. Every other show is going to go quarterback first, not us, baby. We're getting the nitty-gritty. <laughs> I, I completely threw it out. I was like, oh, my God, we haven't done quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't even, I didn't even like, write them down. I'm, I've, I, don't, I don't really do quarterback film study at this point. Yeah. Uh, I'm not in a market for one. So it's like a position – but I am well versed on the quarterbacks. Most of the quarterbacks. There's a couple guys on this list that I really haven't watched too much of. My exposure to Patton from Tulane was from when I was watching Spears last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So I, I can't. I haven't watched him this year. But I I did watch plenty of him last year. So I, I'm excited to see what he, you know how much he's evolved as a player. I think if you're talking quarterbacks, though, the most interesting is going to be Milton from Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Kid's got a howitzer, but he's never been able to like be consistent. You know, we're talking about someone who who got phased out of Michigan and had to transfer to Tennessee, lost the job to Hendon Hooker, and then had to rebuild himself and had a decent season. But he has every tool. Yep, he's got. If you're an NFL quarterback coach, you look at the tools that kid has and you think you can work with it. So I need to see it now. I need to see what it's like seven on sevens, him directing traffic, uh, his ability to to pinpoint when we're talking about like when they're practicing uh, like nines or, or fades in the end zone, you got to drop in the bucket. I need to see different types of throws out of them because he has all the talent. He just needs to show he can be consistent. Yeah. Michael Pratt was the one for me. I'm with you on that. Um, there are a lot of guys that are trying. I've started hearing more and more buzz as we've gotten closer to the senior bowl around the draft net uh, community where people are just like, Teams like what Michael Pratt has. So now go out there with a vi- now you're going to go out there with a very talented wide group of wide receivers to throw to, you know. And let's go see. Let's go up against some better talent at uh, you know. We'll give you better talent at wide receiver, but you're going to face better talent at defensive back. So um, for me, I'm locked in on Michael Pratt. Um, I don't think Bo Nix. I love Bo Nix, but I don't think him or Michael Penix really have much to gain. Um, maybe positioning over each other, uh, but but other than that, I think that they're pretty where they need to go. And I and I guess it, I guess Spencer Rattler, uh, he was such a high wild player. card. <laughs> wild exactly. card, Spencer Rattler, because he's like he's like such a who are you? <laughs> it's, but it was like his such a high prospect like he was the guy and then he lost the job to Caleb Williams he had to transfer and he just became an afterthought and it's just mm-hmm. like the tools yeah, in here he's, he's someone who's flashed so many times it's like I see it and then it just goes away and it's like all right those <laughs> you got to put those flashes together man you can't you can't have this big gap in between them you know like I remember watching his game last year against Tennessee and it's like who are you like yep. this kid right here, this kid could start in the league. And yep. then, you know, you come back this year and it's like, for whatever reason, he hasn't been able to put together. But guys in the league are so high on Rattler. Like, I have a hard time being high on Rattler. I have a hard time seeing him anything other than a day three flyer. You know, but if you listen to Jim Nagy, the director of the Senior Bowl talk, if this kid's available on day three, it'd be a surprise. It's like, I, I, can't, I can't make that leap. 
maybe he can show me. Maybe he can show me why they have that kind of belief in them. What do we have to tie this up? Safety? Is that where we're at? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Safety and tight end. We have not done tight ends as well. So safety and tight end, and we can put a bow on this thing. Okay. Where do you want to start? Well, let's see here. We just went offense with quarterback, so let's go safety. All right. Tyke Smith, man. The guy from um, Georgia that I actually thought was going to come out last year. Yeah, at least dude, he was in – for whatever reason, he stayed in mock drafts past declaration date. I thought he was yeah. coming out last year because of that. I'd see his name in the mock, and I'd be like – There he is. I, I, I got screenshots of me selecting that dude. you know. And then I was like, oh, no, he went back. It's like, how? How do they not get he, the memo? His, his, he's got a lot of versatility. Um, I think he can play in the slot. They played him in some slot, kind of put him down in the box. He can play deep. I think he has more than adequate athleticism. Um, but I really think he's at his best in run support. I mean, when he is crashing downhill, he will do so in the blink of an eye. Like he will be down there from wherever he was. And he's very, he's not afraid of physicality and sticking his nose in there. Um, well, all right, here you go. Some very talented guys to go cover. Show me you can do it from all the alignments like you did in college and let's roll. You can add his Georgia teammate to that list, Javon Bullard, a, a free safety. Um, but he, he's another guy that I, I'm excited to see. Uh, Man, they, that was a pretty good – when I was looking at the, the group that they got to the Senior Bowl, for me it was four players, two of them, the Georgia boys, yeah. and then Cameron Kitchens out of the U is another one. It's To me, he's a first-round – he's the only first-round safety in my mind. When, when I'm, I'm looking at town, I think he's a first-rounder. Um, we'll see who makes that lead because safety is another one of those positions. Certain years it feels valued and certain years it doesn't. This feels like a year that it doesn't feel valued. You, yeah. you, have, you have the same feeling on that? Yeah, it's it doesn't feel like going into – when I'm looking at the list and making sure, you know, that I haven't missed anybody, it's just kind of like a lot of the guys that I'm high on just aren't here. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's the, – I like – you're right, though, about Kitchens. Kitchens is, is pretty good. Um, he's probably the best at of, of the group in the class, period. I think he's probably the best yeah. in this class, period. Um, but yeah, outside of that, it's kind of some guys that maybe have shown you a few traits and you're just like, all right, here's your chance. Go out and show you can do it. Um, and I think that's pretty much what the group is. Yeah. The other only one I'll uh, highlight here is uh, Sione Vikai out of Utah. Okay. Yeah. That, that's one I'm into. I'm going to see, I'm going to see what he, he brings to the table. Uh, six foot, 200, I think eight pounds. He's a, precarious he's a, a guy that i've i've seen take the cheese a few times when you're watching him on tape you know so it's like can you only play forward can you only play play up you know what i mean because i don't know if he's physical enough to last playing up in the league if you're if he's going to be that uh, that a basic dime backer you know what i mean that's that's yeah. where his instincts show me he's at uh so i want to see him in coverage i want to see if, if you can, you're going to have to play some or some role over the top. So Sione uh, Vikai is another guy I'm looking at. And that kind of rounds out what I think of the safety league. Let's go to the final position. Let's do tight end. Uh, ben Sanat, man. 
from T- Kansas State. That's where I start. Six four two forty five. I got can block. <laughs> like if you're if you're going into this situation, you're like I gotta find, uh, you know, a blocking tight end that's also a pretty good athlete and and a reliable pass catcher. Boom, there you go. The dude, you're not gonna see anybody give you more effort than him at the position this week. I, I mean, he's got top notch effort, just some kind of things where he, he, he doesn't separate well vertically, but I think he's a decent route runner and he understands how to be, how to create separation without having elite speed or elite agility or elite body control, but I think he's an above average pass catcher and, and a pretty elite run blocker at the position. Once again, I'm starting to fall in love with Penn State tight ends, Theo Johnson. He's he's a guy that I have developed a draft crush on. And I, I did it last year for the Penn State tight end. I think I'm gonna transfer that to Theo Johnson. Six six, two sixty. You know, he's prototypical tight end. You just look at him. He just he's not gonna wow you. That's the other thing. He's just, he's paint drying. But he's effective. He's effective, and he's a guy that I believe can be a blocker at the next level. Can get can give you some stuff in the passing game. Uh, but he's he, once again, I'm just gravitating towards these Penn State tight ends. I can't even help myself at this point. He's good though, man. Like Theo Johnson's good. Like I really enjoy his tape, and he's probably the other one that really st- stands out to me. And it's just like, all right, do it again. And then he will go out and do it again. You're like, yeah, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You are well, who I thought you were. Like, exactly. you know, Johnson. You're like, oh, yeah, you're that dude. I know you're that dude. So, hey, man, I think that's it, right? Or you well, got I, I want to pose one question to you, and then, I'll, yeah. and, then you, and you can throw it back to me. Who is one player in the senior bowl that no one's really talking about that you could see coming out of it with a name? Mm. It always happens every year. It always wants to. I think Malachi Corley, West uh, Western okay. Kentucky wide receiver, yeah, yeah. draws some of these. Debo Samuel, as we're recording, watching um, the 49ers make a very strong comeback in the NFC Championship game. Um, Corley just—he's just a dude that you have to find a way to get his the ball in his hands in creative ways because what he can do in open field to force miss tackles with speed, power, agility—it's just like he's a jack of all trades. He's not really necessarily a master of anything. But he's a jack of all trades. You find the, a way to get him the ball vertically, horizontally, anyway, and, and I think he uh, he makes he makes some big plays. So I'd like to see him do it in, in this group. What about you? I like it. I'm gonna get defensive tackle Dwayne Carter out of Duke. Okay. I think I think Carter's gonna come out as a high riser. I think going into it, I don't think really he's on anyone's radar. I think he comes out of it as a probably top three defensive tackle out of this group. There you go, man. Well, Casey, real quick before we we, we jump off here and um, finish this um, heart thumper going on there in in San Francisco. Yeah, people don't know that. By the time you guys hear this, you'll know who's playing in the Super Bowl, but we do not. We do not. There's a 24 to 24 game going on in the fourth quarter. Plug your stuff where you can find your stuff. Uh, You can find my Browns coverage at Dog Pound Daily. Uh, that's the label that pays. 
You can uh, find me on Network 216, Tuesday nights, 8 o'clock, the Barking Browns with the ever-so-handsome Jacob Roach mm. and the vivacious Nick Carnes. <laughs> and uh, I'll be skulking around Twitter other than that, so at Casey underscore Kenneman. That's where you can uh, see hear my ridiculousness. Guys, we appreciate you. Uh, enjoy the Senior Bowl. Uh, I'll be back later this week with my top five running backs. Uh, that episode kind of got pushed, had a couple of rough days. <laughs> but we'll get back there, guys. We'll see you again next time. Thank you so much for the support. Uh, good night.